Okay, we are officially live. It is 5.21 and I said I was going to go live at 5 p.m. But at 5 p.m. I was in my car. <laughs> and then we had to stuff around kind of figuring this whole thing out. So it's been a bit of a crazy day. Um, but we're going to talk about communication. Sounds good. And relationships. And all the worst experiences that we've had with communicating. Um, so we're going to go through and just talk about, I wrote a lot of them, Greg added some of them, and I think it's going to require me explaining some of them and then you explaining some of them, which will be good because it'll mean that it'll just be like open format, just discussing everything. But um, I'm going to leave that just playing so you guys can like just watch us chatting. Yeah, I probably should have done my homework for this, but yeah, I didn't okay. read, read the you notes. You don't need to do homework, it's all, it's all in here, baby. Right. <laughs> I'm ready then. Okay, so um, what we we kind of when we were talking about what we were going to talk about this week, how did we get to communication? Um, I just said that I think like doing a topic that's applicable to all relationships mm. and like all people, no matter what. Like I, I think we were talking about sort of ones that are like really specific to us in our relationship mm. versus something that can be applied to a broader piece. So. Yeah, I think a lot of the feedback and messages you get are from people saying like, oh my God, like this helps me even in my marriage or whatever. Like it's, you know, people that can apply in other areas. So. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, I remember reading somewhere a polyamorous couple or person or fucking group. Um, and it was like polyamory people are masters of relationships because they have multiple so it's mm. like you can just learn so much from them because they have to juggle so much more than like your typical one-on-one -on -one type deal. So I remember that being like, oh yeah, of course. Do you remember one of our first conversations where you said something along those lines and I said, just because someone's poly doesn't mean they're a good communicator? Do you think that the rate of successful relationships is higher in open or polyamorous relationships than monogamous? I'm not sure. I haven't seen data on it. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably the same. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Would be my guess. Yeah. Because I definitely agree you? with you. Like, there's definitely people that are doing it and they're, it, it's still unhealthy. Or maybe maybe unhealthy is not the right word, but it's like they're, they're not perhaps demonstrating, like, great methods of communication or dealing with stuff or whatever it is that they're going through. But I guess that's kind of like it. It's almost... It's almost that's impossible. Like even you and I have, have shit that, that comes up. Like we're mm. still working on stuff. I think some of the things, that, like if you avoid facing the things in the closet or the, you know, your history or whatever it is, it's like if you avoid that in a monogamous relationship, you're going to avoid it and it probably makes it even easier to avoid in an open relationship mm. because you can just, if one partner's being difficult, you can be like, all right, I'll just zoom over here like yeah so i think that you um no matter what yeah but you just need to face up to those things and i think you would find examples in all relationship styles where people are good communicators bad communicators yeah all those different things so i remember you saying <laughs> i'm really putting you on blast yeah i remember you saying really all really early on that you were like yeah i reckon there are some really messed up people that do like open or polyamorous relationships yeah, but there's there's messed up and shitty people that do monogamous <laughs> relationships as well. But that's Not messed up or shitty, but like people that have like just stuff going on mentally or like mm. emotional issues or like just mental health stuff. But yeah, I think that, but that's to be clear, so I don't get a bunch of people <laughs> just <laughs> coming after me wanting to kill me. I think that exists in all, but I think the assumption sometimes is like, and and I think sometimes people that are poly and are open sometimes put themselves on a like holier than now I've got yeah. it all figured out oh, I know communication yeah, I amazingly <laughs> it's like I just don't think it's the case and it's like I've I've dated people who are poly who are open who have not got it figured out mm. but I also say I've dated 10 times more people that are monogamous that are the same thing mm. but I think it's that assumption coming in and thinking like automatically saying that someone is open and going well, they just must be a, an amazing communicator by default. I just, I just mm. don't think it's the case. Mm. I am the worst for talking like I know my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with me. I mean, no, no. No, I'm really bad at it, and like, I know how much of a, 
like I, I often come across as judgy or like you said like I, I I'm up on my high horse or like because I've been through this evolution in my life and I'm like yeah let me tell the world about it and it definitely comes off as like I've got it all figured out no and like here's how great my life is and here's how awesome my relationship is here let me tell you how to do things yeah. um but uh god like yeah I think when you have those like uh, yeah I just know nothing hmm. realizations it's it's good like and I I really don't believe I know everything um <laughs> As we're going to find out, because we're going to talk about communication. Yeah, well, it's like, I think that thing is like, you, you start, the more, what is it like, there's a saying about that of like, the more the more you learn, the more you, you realize you know you nothing. Yeah, like, you don't know anything. If I write a book, it's going to be called, I know nothing. <laughs> That's what I really like, Um, it just made me think of Anthony Robbins. I'm not your guru. No, no. Oh, Anthony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Whatever. <laughs> Who calls him? That's his an name. Anthony Robbins. He's Tony Robbins, but yes. I am not your guru. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. It's like anyone who says they know their shit, it's almost like, do you trust them? Yeah. Should we trust them? I don't know. That's why I fucking hate politicians because they're like, oh, I should do this job. <laughs> and you're like, please don't. Anyone who says that they should. That's what I've said to you. Like, also, like guys that run those, like, I'm an enlightened, like, no, I won't even say about guys. People that talk about like like they're enlightened beings and, and I don't know, I just get a weird vibe of these guys that run like those like super I've got it figured out men's things. Like I'm gonna transform you. Yeah. I'm well. like, well, there's something weird going on there. <laughs> if you if you're thirty something guy thinking you've got like you're a guru of some sort. But it's part of their sales tactic. It's part oh, yeah. of my sales tactic. Yeah. Like I have to tell people I have to have uh, an authoritative mm. kind of position and like I have to have people to a degree accept me as an authority and like mm. I feel confident doing that in CrossFit because I, I that's that's where I learned all my shit and I've been mm. doing it for a while and I've been coaching and I've been like I've just I'm experienced with that so mm. it's like okay I, I'll claim authority with that but yeah it's definitely um, it's interesting to see people do that in all areas mm. and I think there's maybe a difference in that when, when you're talking about CrossFit or nutrition or something where there's a you know, you're teaching a skill, I'll say. Um, I don't know. Like more tangible? Yeah, like... Is I, it just because you think that what they're doing is kind of bullshit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, well, maybe it's because it's... Is that your own shit, though? No, nah, maybe. <laughs> but, like, I, I think if it's, like, um, maybe on the communication side and almost that, like, there's something about the language that gets me mm. when you... I don't know. There's just something about, like, yeah, talking about, like, like I've done a hell of a lot of work on communication and trying to improve it, and I know, like. And you don't use the words manifest and no, energy. No, no, <laughs> and and it's like, but like I've put a lot of work into doing that, but I'm not running around telling people I've done all the work and I've got it figured out. It's like, I know that I've got a bunch of gaps still, and I'm still trying to figure things out, and I don't think I'll ever claim. I've figured it all out. Yeah, but here's what I will say. I don't think you have to have it all figured out in order to be able to help other people. You don't, but don't tell people you've got it all figured out. Are they telling people they've got it figured out or are they telling mm -hmm. people that they can help them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <All> communication. Right. <laughs> Number one, worst thing that you can do. Okay, so I basically went through and wrote these out on my own experience, things that I know I've done or other people have done to me. And... I think as soon as you read the first one, you were like, oh shit, this one's going to take forever. So we may not even get past point one because what I want to do is I want to talk about the problem. I want to talk about what this like poor communication style is. We're going to give examples. And then I want to talk about ways to work through it to overcome that communication style. So it's not as simple as like, just do this and it fixes the problem. It's like, hey, if you're in that situation, if you're in that position, what are the steps that you do to help, like even just baby steps to start doing things differently? Um, and, and step one might be like, hey, become aware of it when you're doing it. Like that was something for me, like I, I had kind of noticed with a couple things with you that I was being silent and then I'd make a joke about it and then I was like, mm -hmm. oh, hang on. So I kind of gave it away. But the first thing is the worst way to communicate is to not communicate. <sighs> Funnily enough being silent about something and I added in this because you convince yourself it's not a big deal and I think that's what people get stuck on with the silence thing I don't think anyone 
goes out intentionally wanting to give their partner the silent treatment or not say anything about an issue. But what happens is it's little things that pop up over time. And slowly, bit by bit, things build up and escalate. And at some point, we tend to almost, I guess, trigger like a, um, yeah, you kind of hit that, what's the term I'm looking for? Like melting point or trigger point or... Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense? Yeah. All right, there's a word that I'm looking for. I just It's not coming to my brain. Hmm. Anyway, um, so in terms of like being silent, the the example that I gave, and the example that happen, happened to me is that Greg would be like, hey, I, tomorrow night I'll come over and we'll hang out or I'll, I'll come over and stay at your place. And he'd say, the time, I think roughly, you're mm. like, oh yeah, I'll come over around six. Mm. And I'd be like, okay, so then I would expect you to be there at six. And maybe this is a little different during the pandemic because it's not like we have other things in our day going on at the mm. moment. But prior to the pandemic, when we were open, I would be working during the day, I'd have calls, I'd have a training session at the gym and then I'd be home and have dinner or whatever. So it was like, I'd kind of map out my day being like, okay, he's gonna be there at six. I can only train till five because I need to be home by 5.30 and be like showered and ready for you to arrive. And then you would get there like 6.20 or you'd message me at six and be like, hey, I'm just leaving now, I'll be there soon. And I'd be yeah. like, fuck. No, I wouldn't do that. But I'd be like, okay, babe, no problem. <laughs> no, you, you didn't do that and that was the problem. <laughs> that was the issue, right? So like, I'd be like, yeah, no worries. And then you came over one day and I remember being, I don't know what the joke was, but I just I just said something really sarcastic about mm. it. I was like, oh yeah, do you enjoy being late everywhere? Or like, you know, it would have been something like that yeah. where it was like, well, we would have been fine if you'd been here on time. Yeah, it was something like that, I think. Something like that where it was like, I said it not not meaning to be serious and meaning mm. it to be a joke. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, that was really aggressive. <laughs> oh God, like that was really sarcastic. And that came from a different part of me. Like that came from like my evil twin sister <laughs> that just exists in a parallel universe. And I think a five minutes later, I was like, hey, I just lashed out at you. And I realized it's because when you're here and you say you're going to be here at a certain time and you're not, like it kind of got to me. Like mm. it brought some stuff up in me. I hate using the word triggered. But I'm yeah. going to say, like, it kind of triggered me. It upset me. Yeah. Um, and so then I think we had a conversation with, like, uh, like how important is being on time to you? Mm. Something that I really like, and I'm sorry that I'm talking for such a long time. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you your time in a minute. Okay. From the Brute Strength podcast, it's one of the early ones that Mike and uh, – what's the girl? What's his partner's name? Mike Cashew and starts with an A. She runs WAG. I want to say Adele, but it's not Adele. It's, mm. it's something fucking anyway. So they did a great podcast on relationships and they talked through stuff that they basically had, I think, taken away from their therapist um, or this relationship coach that they'd been working with. And one of the things that they said was, hey, we kind of rate the importance of things to get a gauge of where the other person's mm. at. So it was like, okay, being on time out of 10, how important is that to you? Because mm. to me, when you say you're going to do something and you say you're going to be there at a certain time, and perhaps it was more like you said you were going to do that, mm. less than the being on time thing. Maybe it was just like, I thought you said this, then it was actually that, mm. that you did. So maybe that's more about what it was. But um, I remember being like, oh, that'd be like a seven or eight out of 10. And you mm. were like, I, I think one, you clarified that you were like, hey, like we didn't set a time. Like we hadn't agreed on a specific time. But also, it just wasn't something that you were particularly worried about. You're like, look, if it's meetings or planned things that have a set time, like, I'm not late. But this is like, it wasn't something that it was in the calendar. And it was like, hey, this is the time. So we ended up kind of having a discussion around that. But just figuring out, like, just kind of figuring out where we were at. And I think I had you stop smiling because I'm still talking. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Just that you talk through all the, the bits that I was going to talk about. Oh, really? That. Yeah. We're still the same person. So then uh, the other thing, and I think I put it in here, is what's ironic is if I'm late, I understand why I'm late. Like traffic was bad. I had a really hectic day. I left the house a little later or I started packing my shit up when like I was like, fuck, I need to go. And I was in a rush to get here, but I just got here late. Like it's like mm. I can accept that when I do it because I understand the context and the circumstance. But if you do it, it's like suddenly it becomes, oh, you deliberately did that and you just like said you were going to do this thing and then you just decided not to. Mm. But if it's me, it's like, oh, I'm late because like obviously I couldn't control it. And I'm like, well, duh. But for you, I'm like, hey, what the hell, man? <laughs> Isn't it so funny how we do that? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, what you were saying before, like, I think the context of some of that stuff, it's like, if it's just me coming over to your house at the time, like you said, it was like, oh yeah, I'll be there around six. Like my work days sometimes can be a little bit unpredictable and it's like, so I'll finish work and it's that's like, you know, the, what you said about like messaging at six. It's like, I might only just get off a call, jump in the shower, get myself organized and be like, oh, okay, I'll let you know. But yeah, like if we were going to dinner at six, it's like I would be blocking off my calendar if I'm on a call being like, hey, I need to leave now. But if it is just kind of turning up to your house, I think that was where, yeah, when you'd asked me about that kind of rating thing, it was like, well, if it is just for us hanging out of work, like it's lower on the priority list. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, no, agree. Okay, so if we have a hypothetical couple <clears throat> and this tends to be the main way that they communicate and like... I know that people will do this for years. I remember talking to someone who had been married for 15 years and still struggled with this, just didn't say anything. And their version of saying something was sarcastic, making a joke, like a, just a microaggression or a micro jab at someone. And I was like, you're not, you're not really saying what you mean. Like you're not actually communicating anything. You're just thinking that you're making a point, but it's, probably coming off as you literally just being sarcastic or making a joke and the other person's not actually um, translating that into useful information. Mm. So in that instance, like, what's step one? Can I go back a step? Yeah, okay. From step one? Yeah, do it. And talk about, I think, where this actually impacts people in, in some other areas. Mm. So you talked about just, like, one little example, but I think this is where it comes into ghosting, it comes into a bunch of those things. Mm. And people I've talked to, there's someone I was chatting to last week about this, where, you know, if you're, I think where it comes from is that you're worried, you gave the example of kind of not really realizing it was getting to you, mm. but I think there's people that make a conscious choice to be silent, and that's been my problem in communication. Mm. So, if I look back at most of my relationships, this is where I've broken down. And why did you choose to be silent? Um try not to hurt the other person mm. so especially for small things where there were little things where it was like oh like something just rubbed me the wrong way a little bit like mm. the running late thing mm. even if I'd realized like in your thing you had the realization of you realized it was annoying you mm. I think if that was me in a lot of my past relationships I would realize it was maybe frustrating me but then go it's not worth bringing up it's fine. Yeah, it's only it's 10 minutes. It. It's, you know, you're only 10 minutes late. It's fine. I only just rushed back from the gym mm. to make it, you know, and I, I just wouldn't have brought it up. And would you like wait for it to get better almost? Um, I would probably, yeah, wait hoping it would get better. Mm. Um, or yeah, just even if I felt a little bit off, like, and that's like some of the stuff I've, I've done to fix that now we can talk to when we come back to the solution, I suppose. But yeah, that's what I've done a lot where it's, Almost like you just kind of mull over it and go, oh, it's like you you mitigate down the importance of it to yourself. Mm, the it's significance like, of that. Yeah, like, and, and I, I really think that it comes from like you trying to absorb that it annoys you because you don't want to bring it up and cause friction to the other person or rock the boat in the relationship. And that's where I think that behavior is the same in like ghosting and things like that, mm. where it's like, you know, people don't want to just say, hey, Actually, I don't want to go on another date with you. Mm. It's easier just to like drift off mm. because you like, I don't think people do that a lot of the time with bad intentions. I don't think people are like, yeah, I'm going to like just disappear. It's like, <laughs> I think they're mitigating this where it's like mm. they're, the confrontation and not knowing how to bring up, hey, this, I, I wasn't sure about this. I, you know, whatever it was they didn't like or whatever it was. Mm. Um, you know, the person I was talking to last week, like they said that they had an issue with this in their relationship a little bit where, yeah, basically they, like, they just didn't want to hurt the other person's feelings. So they just sat on it. Buried it. Yeah. Just yeah. And that's, you know, that's, I definitely think where, what I've done in the past with that is, yeah, like I would in a relationship in the past, like at night sit there sleepless, like mulling over thoughts, feeling unsure feeling a little bit annoyed about some stuff 
but just didn't bring it up. Would you plan to bring it up? Like, would you ever make plans on like, okay, this is what I'm going to say, but then just not, not find the time to do it? Uh, no, I think largely it was just not knowing how to start the conversation about it. Like, e- even being unhappy in a relationship. Not knowing how to start the conversation or not even knowing to have a conversation at all? Not knowing how to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, like, being unhappy in a relationship or, like, feeling like something's missing or there's something that just doesn't feel right. Like, how to bring that up to a partner and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this or whatever it is. It's like, that was always a challenge. And did you always know what it was that was wrong or was there a little bit of a lack of... Because I think sometimes that's what it is. It's like you can feel that something's off and something's not right or something's rubbing you the wrong way. And I think certainly there are probably times when you're like, I can identify exactly what it was that pissed Mm. me off. But sometimes I don't know if it's always that clear. So perhaps it's like, I've got a weird feeling about this. I'm a little unsure or uncertain right now. I can't figure out where I'm at. Mm. I'm just going to ignore that feeling. And then it's like not only is there a feeling that you're ignoring, but you actually don't know what it was that, that was the pre the precursor to feeling like that. Yeah, for sure. I think both have happened. Whereas, yeah, if it's a single thing, like your example of someone running late, it's easy to identify and go, oh, I know what that is. But I've definitely had in the past in relationships where you just feel like it's just not, there's something missing or doubting whether it's the right relationship. You know, I, I know you hear from people sometimes in DMs of like, I feel like something's just a little bit off. Like, I'm not sure if I'm happy. And I think that's, you know, that feeling of sort of just feeling like, hey, I'm not sure if this is it. But yeah, sort of sitting on that feeling rather than just talking about it. Yeah, and that's it. I think if anything, if any negative feelings come up, people immediately are like, oh God, is this the end of everything? Does this have to mean that we have to break up? And it's like, there doesn't actually have to be a ultimate solution that would be a deciding factor between the relationship continuing or ending. You know, like I think perhaps maybe that's what it is that we're afraid of. Like if we bring up something bad, we have to have a really big conversation about how the relationship's going and if we're we're still going to continue doing this. But it's like, hey, take it, dial it back a little bit, take it down a a notch and just talk about the feeling as it is. You don't have to change anything in a relationship, just just bring up the feeling. Like, hey, I feel kind of weird about this because of that thing that happened or whatever it is. Yeah, I think like, and I'm I'm probably thinking about very specifically in my last, like in a relationship previous that I don't know whether I knew what was wrong. And I think I was in a point where I was questioning whether it was me, like whether I think I've said to you, like I went through a stage where I'm like, am I just not good at relationships? Like, am I just no, like, am I not meant to do this? Um, I definitely questioned some of that stuff. Like, yeah, just not being sure about it all. So like, I think in that case, it's like, how do you bring that up to you? At the time, how do you even bring that up to your partner of like, hey, I just don't know if I'm, you know, I, I experience a lot of like that NRE feeling, new relationship mm-hmm. energy, and then that sort of subsiding going, wait, why does this keep happening? Mm-hmm. Is this just how that's meant to be? I've said to you, like, I've never really had many examples of healthy relationships around me. Mm-hmm. And I, so I hadn't really seen that and known whether that's normal or not. So a lot of my sitting there in my head was going, maybe this is just what relationships look like. Mm. Maybe this is life. Yeah, I can see that, like, those kinds of thoughts being trapped inside and having to try and work through that without actually saying it out loud or talking to anyone. Yeah. And realizing, like, hey, what's what's um, not real and what's not, but, like, being able to examine it a little bit better mm. um, and have a little distance between what's going on and, like, where you're at. Mm. And then the other problem of, yeah, blaming yourself. Mm. Like, fuck yeah, I know I've definitely done that. Um, like just been like, look, I think it might be me. I'll just, I'll just wait and like, I'll, I'll see what happens. Mm. Like, I think, it, I think, it, yeah, I think it's me. Like I'll, I'll change or I'll try and do this to fix it. And sometimes that might be justified, right? Like sometimes yeah, it is. Like thing, I think right? it can be good agree. to sometimes sit on it and try and identify what it is, where it's coming from. So maybe that then links into, you know, you're saying, okay, how do you actually, what do you do about that? Solutions. Yeah. And I think that's a point that we're going to make later on where it's like, hey, like you do have to take ownership of your own shit, like Mm. in terms of um, 
in terms of me telling you like, hey, this, this whole thing where you're arriving at a different time that you've said, like that actually is something that comes up for me and like mm. it is important to me and I need to know, are you someone that's on time or are you someone that tends to be late and mm. what are the different conditions for those things to happen? Yeah. And I think funnily enough, as soon as you kind of explained to me, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And it was like, and this is my situation. Like mm. I tend to be late if it's something that, yeah, same thing. If it's not set in stone, if we don't have plans that are like booked in, it's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm late just as often as you are for mm. like, just, we're just hanging out together at your place or having, making dinner at home. It's like, I do exactly the same thing. Um, and then exactly what you'd said. I was like, and then for meetings, for training people at the gym, for showing up to work on time or calling people for a client call, it's like, I am dead on. I will not be late for that if I can help it. I'll, I'll fuck up occasionally, but it's yeah. like that, that will be a bit of a non-negotiable for me being on time. Um, so yeah, talking about talking about it um, in a way where it was, I almost had to remove myself from the situation. So rather than going, why were you late when you told me you were going to be here at this time? Mm. Why did you do this when you said this to me? And it was like, okay, take myself out of this. If I remove myself, in terms of like getting somewhere on time, do you like to be on time or do you like, do you tend to find that you're late? Like, do you tend to find that you're running late? Sorry, this is rhetorical as well. I'm oh. not actually asking you. Okay. <laughs> I'll just sit here and look thinking. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if I can remove my shit from that, hmm. then it helps me understand you as a person in absence of me and the way that you function in my world. Hmm. And that was massive for me. And I think that's where almost the, hey, out of 10, what level of importance is this thing to you? Mm. Regardless of whether that's being on time somewhere, um, having a tidy house or um, spending quality time together versus doing acts of service for each other. It's like all of those things can be rated out of 10 and each person will have a different level of importance. And one thing that could be like a one for you could be mm. a nine for me. And, and I think once you realize that you're two different fucking people mm. and you're not going to match, it's like, okay, cool. Then I can accept this better. Mm. And you can factor that into times. You'd be like, hey, be, <laughs> yeah. be in my house at 5.30 and then you know that I'll be there at 6. No, but I'll do that and you'll be there at 5.30. <laughs> like, you'll I get me on ready. a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think times is like, that's, it has been something that I've always, I find particularly, I find more, my days are very structured with work. It's like I'm pretty much meetings, you know, nonstop kind of thing. And it's yeah, like, well, it's like even when we're talking, you'll pull up your calendar whenever yeah. we talk about anything with yeah. work. You're like, yeah, let me just check this thing. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, from, from when I start work to the end, it's mm -hmm. like I operate in half-hour blocks of meetings and, okay, this is on there. And it's like, so I think then sometimes I rebel against that a little bit. <laughs> Or yeah. rebel against her. It's like just you relax. I finish though, work right? and I'm yeah, like, oh, you, put down the you, calendar. Yeah. I don't want to even know about what the time is. Like I'll, you know, finish work and I like being able to just then jump in the shower, cruise around, like get organized and not feel like I'm like running late for another meeting. So, yeah. I think um, the last thing that I want to say is that the red flag for me, like the the signal for me. Remember how we talk about how jealousy is like a red flag or a mm. signal? It's like it indicates something else is going on. I think things like sarcastic jokes or mm. lashing out at your partner is an indicator that there's a feeling underneath that and there's a need not being met. And there's, mm. it's possible that your partner is not aware of that because you're, you're making these little like jabs at them about it um, and you're not communicating uh, effectively. Mm. So I think maybe that's, that's the thing that you almost have to look for. It's mm. like, I don't know if it's that easy to suddenly just not be silent and talk about things straight off the bat and be like, cool, we'll just have a sit down and we'll talk about it and we'll get it all out and we'll fix it. It's mm. like, no, that's not going to happen. But paying attention to those moments that you make little jokes that are mm. jabs at your partner. It's like, whenever you take the piss out of your partner, is that actually a real thing that upsets you? Because mm. if it is, maybe that's going to highlight to you something that, that you do get bothered by and, mm. and maybe it's not even if your partner does it maybe it's like if anybody did that if anybody was late when they said they're going to be there at a certain time if anybody came over to your house and left a bunch of dishes in the sink if anybody said that whatever whatever the fuck it is it's like the moment that you feel like making a joke or being sarcastic or like pointing it out to them that probably means that there's something going on there mm. like i think um any complaint that you have probably indicates an underlying need that has to be met or isn't being met. I think it's even interesting hearing you talk about some of this stuff, even the differences in how you, how those things obviously pop out and express in you versus me. 
So like, I, I don't think I've ever made a sarcastic joke trying to get at a point of something that annoys me. So like for me, it's a completely different thing that I notice when something like that is getting to me, to what oh, you're saying. Yeah, so you don't have the same red flags? No. So I'm like what I've said to you is like... And you're not? <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> Was it. I being sarcastic just then? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, like what I've said to you is like my almost trigger for when I know I need to say something now is when I feel it like looping in my brain. Like there's been examples with you where I'm like, hey, I need to talk to you about something because it's like as soon as I realize like it goes around once and I'm like, ah, oh, don't worry, that's nothing. <laughs> and then it comes back again. And I'm like, oh, wait, I, th- I think it's something. Yeah. It's like, okay, I just need to bring it up even if yeah. it's tiny. And that for me, like is, that's been the biggest thing I've changed with you is like if, uh, yeah, that's, it's got, that's how I've explained it to you before. It's like if I notice it's a looping thought, it's like I just need to get that out. Because otherwise, if I start to try and make a judgment call on like, is this looping because it's important or is it not important? Is How's that going to impact you? Is that just me? And then, then oh I'm like, god. oh my God, I'll just keep it in safe. Just lock it away. <laughs> yeah, it's just easier. Um, that's what I've said to you. Like, uh, now, how I've learned to react and how I've learned to fix that is to just go, Bleh. here's the problem. And the best thing about it is you do it when it is super micro. Like it's a micro level thing. It's super small. And I think part of the reason people don't want to say it is like, yeah, sometimes it is something that probably does feel a little bit like a non thing Hmm. at times. Like all the things that I brought up to you, I'm like, that just, it's such a non thing, but I just want to like this or say whatever. Hmm. And you've said the same thing to me. You're like, I just, I just need to say this because it's just on my mind. And it's, it's actually a funny conversation at that point because the other person will be like oh god i didn't even realize fuck you're right like my mm. bad i'm sorry yeah I'm, I'm not gonna do that again like let me know if i ever do that and, and we'll try and like fix whatever um and it's like that's such a better conversation to have than the alternative and the mm. alternative is i think p- people perhaps assume oh it won't happen again like that's the alternative like oh this is mm. a one-off mm. but that's not the alternative the alternative is other things happen that are similar mm. you're upset in the same way you have the same reaction but again you say nothing and then eventually when you do have a conversation and i think that we probably both have examples of this where i will go to someone or you'll go to someone or someone will come to us whether it's a partner or someone else saying i have a list of things that you've done Mm. and like it's really upsetting and it's like now we're in trouble now this is a shit conversation because it's like i suddenly have to almost defend myself against Mm. all these accusations and it's like though that feels really severe and big and significant Mm. but when you say when it comes up at the time and you say it, it feels insanely insignificant and kind of funny. And it's not funny. I won't say it's funny, but it's like, it's such an easy version of that conversation Hmm. because the alternative is not, it doesn't happen again. The alternative is it will keep happening and you're going to have to bring up more and more things when you do eventually talk about it. Hmm. And like, so the example you talked about on one of the other podcasts was um, when we left the gym in the Gold Coast. So I'll I'll use that as the example. So we went to the gym I like, it was one of the first times I'd like over, overhead squatted heavy for like ages. You tell this story and I immediately feel so guilty. We got in the, like, <laughs> so I was, got in the car. Um, I said something to Kate about like, oh, like I felt really good. Like about how heavy I went and like it felt, felt really good. And she's like straight away into like, yeah, but you could have done this better. You could have like just started hitting me. You really got to work on your hip Yeah, hit, so started like, hit, think shrug more hitting me with the feedback of <laughs> of all the things I did terrible. <laughs> um, you know, and and we're in the car driving back from the gym. It was a five minute drive from the gym back to where we were staying. You know how people say like give compliment sandwiches. Yeah. It was just like a critic sandwich. Yeah, a critical it sandwich, was. critique you sandwich. Crushed all. <laughs> All excitement I had at just that moment. Just criticism sandwiched between more criticism. And I think this is to one of your later points, so we won't go into that too much. But <laughs> but that is an example of like in the car, it came up and I noticed and I'm like, oh, it's no, not a big deal. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Just go. And I'm like, wait. Like, I felt myself think about it a couple of times and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I was just feeling really good about how I was in the gym just then. And you just started like unloading of all the things I should have done better. 
that's a really good example of that if I just sat on that and thought, well, I'll just wait until next, like next time we're at the gym, I'm sure she'll be proud of my overhead squat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll tell me next time. It's amazing that then next time we went to the gym, if that happened again, then in the car on the way home, I'm like, every time we go to the gym, you do this. Yeah. Then that feels so big rather than just being like, hey, I know this sounds, stu- I think I even said to you, like, I know this sounds stupid. And it's such a little thing, but like this, that I just felt this feeling mm. rather than going, oh my God, every time we go to the gym, you do this thing. And it's like, oh shit, like that's such a big deal then. And it's like, so I, and I almost think in a way that because you now understand that about me, like I've explained that that's how I need to handle some of those situations. This is go, here's this thing. You and, and I think like I've given you credit on that from the start of when we met, like I think it takes a lot to not react to that and it's like so if your partner like and and I think this is maybe a thing for people is like if your partner does bring up something like that and and doesn't you know however they bring it up or even if they do use the sarcastic jab don't react try and just go hey like what's going on like is there something more to that or if it is in, in my style of bringing that up to be like hey there's this thing treat it small and just be like hey thanks like Tell me more about that or, you know, yeah. So I think that like not reacting because look, that's going to next time encourage them to be open again. Mm. And and next time they're feeling frustrated instead of waiting until it builds up into the sarcastic joke, hopefully just say, hey, I've noticed this thing again. Yeah, and I guess that's it. It's like when you go from silence and not say anything to suddenly saying it out loud, it's, it involves two people. And it's not just one person having a thing and thinking about it. It's when they say it out loud, it also requires one person to receive it. Mm. And um, yeah, I just think not responding, like never being offended and trying it on for size to a degree. Um, And and that's something that I've learned from having received shitty hard feedback as part of my career. Like with being on seminar stuff, that was one of the first lessons that I had where it was like, you're going to get feedback. Like, no one is exempt from that. I don't give a fuck how great you think you are, but you're going to get feedback and it's going to help. So I think when you, when I have you tell me something that's that I've done, it's like I force myself to, to assume you're right. Mm. And that's something that, like, I remember writing about this a while ago, years ago, and it was, it was going to be an Instagram post, and I don't think I ever posted it, um, but it was assume that right or... Or maybe it was a quote of like, what if they're right? Mm. Where anything in your life where someone said something about you, whether it's positive or negative, if you can play out and almost rehearse the version of what if they're right, you will get so much more insight into them and into yourself Mm. than just assuming like, oh, they're just an asshole or like they're Mm. just being a dick or whatever. You know, like your boss said something about you. You're like, oh, they're just fucking, I fucking hate my boss. Like they're Mm. always like that. And it's like, hang on. Like if you've got feedback from someone, what if they're right? What Mm. if they are right? Read into that, like try it on for size and and see what that says about you. What would you do if they were right? Would you Mm. change it or do you just want to deny that part of that that person saying that information to you? Um, and whether or not you take anything from that or if you ultimately end up agreeing with them or not, like it doesn't matter. I think it's more important that if you say something to me, I can be like, is, is what he's saying true? Like, is that right? Did I fucking do that? And I'm, most of the time I'm like, oh God, I totally see what you've just said to me. Mm-hmm. Like I can absolutely see. And even if I didn't intend it to be that way, even if I thought I was being helpful, because mm. I just think I'm such an exceptional coach and that you just want those coaching like skills. People pay for that. Yeah. Man. I got People it for pay free. Good money for it. <laughs> you didn't even ask for it. I just handed <laughs> it out. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I think I'm doing something that was helpful and useful mm. to you. And the fact of the matter was you hadn't asked for it. Mm. You didn't fucking want it. You were proud of something. And I was like, you know what? You could probably be better. <laughs> so it's like yeah it was just not the right context for me to respond in that way Mm. um and it doesn't mean that i'm wrong like it doesn't mean that like like, i think i said to you like like i i know i can probably like you know there were Mm. cute they were it's not that they were bad cues or bad suggestions you gave me it was just that it was the way it was delivered yeah, and I think that could be said for everything. I think that this, these situations where people get upset about something, it's not that... I don't think you have to figure out, okay, um, what is the solution that we 
do in the relationship, mm. who's right and who's wrong. And like, you know, I think people think that there has to be something very clear and very um, like you have to determine a result or find a solution mm. and take action on it. And it has to be your right or I'm right. Who is it? And how do we come to an agreement? And it's like, you don't have to make an agreement about mm. it. You don't have to come to a solution. You don't have to do anything. Mm. As long as it's just out there, like as long as the feelings out there and, and, and it might take a couple of weeks to like actually come back around and be like, Hey, like the other week, like I totally get what you were saying. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think that maybe, maybe that's something that, um, like you said, you didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, which was part of the reason that like you wouldn't bring stuff up. And I think, um, maybe that's because we assume that we have to make, take meaning from a lot of these experiences or a lot of these, these mm. things that come up when actually sometimes it's just surface level stuff. Yeah, and I, th I think sometimes maybe even like what I'm hearing there is like there's not going to be like this perfect like thing that you can say that the other person straight away gets it. Like I think in a way like we've nearly lost the art of like long conversations that go backwards and forwards and asking for more understanding. The other person talks that like you know this. I I think that's so interesting in conversation when that happens because it like we have conversations that go on for ages trying to figure out like what that do you mean by that what do you night. mean for this like but I think that happens a lot where it's like if someone says like hey that really annoyed me because of this like I think a lot of people just like it's reaction straight away versus saying like why does that annoy you ask questions under trying like to your point of what if they're right but to get to the point where you understand why they're saying what they're saying, that can take time. Mm. That can take more questions. So don't like try not to go straight into defense, but ask questions about, Hey, like when you said this, what did you mean by that? Or, mm. Hey, you just said that I said this to you, or I said it in this way. Like, you know, do you think that's true? Or like, yeah. is that, does that upset you? Yeah. Actually we, I, I'm really proud of the conversation that we had. Like, the other night maybe saturday night or whenever it was mm. i can't remember i don't even know if i remember what it was about what were we talking about we were talking about something and it was getting to a point where you and i were both kind of agreeing and kind of on the same page but i just i just knew that we that you weren't understanding what i was saying mm. and not that you couldn't understand it's just that i'd said it in a way that you had interpreted it com like quite differently to how I'd meant it. Yeah. I remember what it was, but I, like, I, I think like I made a comment that was like, I'll say I was kind of joking, but like a kind of philosophical, <laughs> like funny kind of thing. And, and, and it just, what, where the idea or thought came from me was a different, you interpreted different. And I think that, you know, to come back to the communication thing, I think that, that it took us probably half, 20 minutes, oh, maybe half an that. hour that was a long talk. to try and clarify each other's understanding of, of words and what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and it's it like, that just shows sometimes like, it can take a really long yeah. time to go, Hey, like, you know, they might say a word and you take it this way, but they didn't mean it like that. Like try and understand the more questions you can yeah. ask. And, and it wasn't even anything that we were disagreeing on. Like it wasn't no. an argument or anything. It was just like, we were talking about something and you'd said something some way mm. and I'd said something another way. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm trying to say this. And you were like, yeah, yeah. Like this. And I was like, no, like, and then you were like, well, you've got said this and that's not that. Mm. And we just had to go back and forth. And I, I felt like I was getting to a point and you said, I think we're talking about the same thing. And in the past, when you've said that, Sometimes I'm like, I don't think we are, but I'll be like, yeah, I think we kind of are. And mm. I'll just like leave the conversation there because I'm like, I'm done. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Let's just move on. Because yeah. it gets, it, it does get frustrating mm. and like even tense. I'm like, I don't think we're, we're not talking about the same thing. And like, I can't explain myself properly. You're trying to explain a different thing. And like, it just took us like that little, mm. like that extra 10 minutes of just being like, okay, hang on. Mm. If I say this, do you understand that? Hmm. And then you'll repeat it back to me. I'll be like, okay, so you just said that. And what about how this relates to it? Hmm. And eventually we actually got there to a point where I was like, I understand how you see things hmm. because yeah. And that's what we got to where I was like, fuck, I feel like I really just learned something about hmm. you because the reason you were interpreting what I was saying in a particular way is hmm. because you have really strong feelings ab about your beliefs around yourself with hmm. those things and the way that you approach life because hmm. of that. And so it was like, yeah, it was just me figuring out that and where it was almost like that was, I don't want to say it was a non-negotiable perspective that you have on life, but it's definitely a very strong perspective mm. and opinion that you have and, and way that you talk about yourself and, and, mm. and how you 
um, navigate this this thing. But um, yeah, I was actually stoked that we kind of got to the point that we got to. There's um, I think from ethical slot, there's a um, like it's got the activities through it through the whole book. I remember one of the activities in that was like find something that you and your partner don't agree on. Set a timer for like it was something like that. Set a timer oh, for ten yes. minutes. Find something you don't quite agree on and just try and talk through it. And when the timer goes off, I think it was something along the lines of like that you just go, Hey, okay, thanks. Like we tried to you know Put it on and us. it and it said like just find like something little and just try and work through it. And it's like, I think like even conversations like that, it, it is practicing that muscle of like, of, of exactly what we're talking about here. When you don't agree on something, clarify, understand, ask more questions. It's like, it, it was over something stupid and some just like nuance of words in the, like, that's really what it was. It's like, but that's probably really great practice for when, oh, when there is a bigger life. something stupid or nuance. Like I think, I think some of the miscommunication and the hard part about it was just a little bit of like, we weren't explaining it very well to each yeah. other, but I think it was actually quite significant. Like the thing that yeah. I feel like I came out, came out of that with. Um, yeah. I love that from ethical slut. And I think it's also an ethical slut where they say, repeat what your partner says mm. and tell them if that's what they said or not. Like, yeah. it's just such a simple thing. Like we often want to steal the airtime to explain our point and explain out what we mean and make them understand, make them see. Mm. But I think what's more productive is when they've said something for you to repeat what you've heard mm. in a way that they go, yes, that's what I mean. Mm. And you go, okay, cool. Here's what I'm trying to say. Mm. And then they have to repeat that back to you. Be yeah. like, do you, can you tell me what I just said to you? Mm. And they'll be like, okay, well, what I just heard was this. And I think that's, I think that feels like what I've gotten better at with you being like, mm. okay, I think I just heard you say this. Mm. And I even said that. I was like, I just heard mm. X, Y, and Z. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You'll hear people phrase that. Like they'll say like, yeah, you, you, if you say what I just heard you say is this, mm. I really like, um, Esther Perel does this amazingly in her, the therapy sessions that she runs, the, her podcast, where should we begin? Um, quite often like she does these live therapy sessions if no one's listened to it before where um she'll ask them something so the person will say something if their partner then like reacts straight away and they like jump into defense mode or jump into offense mode she'll go stop what did you just hear her say and it's so interesting then when people are like they repeat back something that's completely like opposite to what the person actually just said or they took like what was in the first four words of it and went, I know what you're about to say and they make up their whole story around it. It's so interesting hearing her stop people and go, wait, what did you just hear them say? And what people come up with and it just shows that we like, you know, you jump straight into like, oh, I know what's coming. So I'm going to like, you're not listening to listen. You're listening to respond. I never do that. I don't know what that would be like. Never. That's so strange. Never. <laughs> Um, and isn't it funny when you hear those like podcasts or you hear, you hear other people having that and it, it seems so obvious. Mm. You're like, they just said something totally different. Like, mm. yeah. Cause you're listening just yeah, completely disconnected from the- with distance, but then it happens all the time. Like mm. I know I do it. Like I jump in really quick. I'm going to say the thing that I heard in a podcast today that I really liked, that I wrote, wrote a note down. Do it. We're just going to jump think it, ahead like I think it makes sense points. here. <laughs> um, I was listening to a podcast today and this guy said... Um, what was the podcast? Uh, it was on Rogan. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, if you react, like, you know, if you see someone react crazy to something... He was talking about how, like, linked to, like, past trauma, like, like it's often not because of what you've just done. It's about what their high, high school boyfriend did. That's what their parent did when they were young. That sort of stuff where it's like, yeah, just thought, oh, that's quite an interesting, just little, it's obviously nice and catchy and short, but it's like, it just makes you think, okay, like sometimes the reaction isn't about what they just said. Mm. It's about all the other bullshit behind them, whether that's from your relationship, whether that's from their whole life behind them. You know, you need to realize that the person sitting in front of you is this collection of, however many years behind that. So, exactly right. Yeah, I just kind of like that as a concept. You get 10 or 20 years deep into a relationship and it's like, it doesn't even have to be from your childhood. It can just yeah. be from like a few years back mm. or something that happened. Yeah. But I think the crazy thing is it can be from childhood. Yeah. You know, someone when they're 40 reacting to you leaving the dishes in the sink 
can be that they got screamed at for you know doing that when they were young. Like there can be stuff linked to childhood stuff or, or much more complex like trauma. But yeah, people can carry that stuff, and I think often do in relationships. Yeah, that, that was for me. Like I'll, I'll say, like a lot of my, I think a lot of my communication problems were linked to my parents when I was growing up. Like I, I'd never, I, I just remember a lot of yelling and screaming, and that was them communicating with each other. Um, so yeah, like it's like okay, well, I always thought then by bringing stuff up in relationships was that you know me me saying it was just going to cause a fight and it wasn't worth mm. causing that for like. Yeah, so I think I carried a lot that's of that stuff from when that. I was that's younger. That's how you deal with bad stuff in a relationship. That you yeah. just scream it out. Yeah, and so my antidote to that was just keep Avoid quiet, shut up, always. don't say anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't think I could ever imagine you screaming or yelling. I don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny, hey? Yeah. If it's hysterical, it's... Historical. Historical. Hmm. Yeah. What's your next example? So this one is more about the words that you use, which is a nice kind of transition from, hey, if you've been silent, then, then the next thing is if you're no longer silent, how do you pick the words for conveying your point or, or saying what it is you say? And I think that's the thing with, if you bring it up at the time, it's, it's usually one event. If it's... Mm. If it hasn't been brought up immediately, then suddenly you've got multiple events, mm. which is where I think you find these words being used. And the words are, and I won't say it's only these words, but you'll get the theme here. Saying things like, you always do this. Mm. You never do that. So anytime where you're making this broad generalization about the behavior of one person and you're accusing them of, of doing that thing, always or never um, and it's sort of around like when I read that, I think it's almost an attribute of their personality when it's, when it's directed in that manner. Mm. Like you always do this. Like, why don't you ever do that? You mm. never think about this like that. You never consider me. It's like, it's an ac accusation of that person's identity and like mm. them on, on their whole being. And I don't think it's constructive either because it's like, well, like if you're saying I'm, I never do this thing, like rather than being a little bit more specific to be like, yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, I think that it, it, it it's so broad and it's like, what do you do with feedback like mm. that? Where It'd be it's like, like seeing someone snatch and being like, oh, you never snatch well. Yeah, <laughs> It'd be well, like, well, fuck, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah, instead of <laughs> trying to break that down to like, hey, when you snatch, mm. you know, you should just change this a little bit. Like it's being more specific yeah. and like, yeah. you know, you never help with housework. It's like, even if you did go down there, go, hey, like, I've noticed that you never help. Like, you never do or, or no, still saying you never. I was going to try and... I think to be really specific. Like, hey, um, you didn't empty the dishwasher mm. today. I actually think this maybe links back to what we were saying in the last, like, before about waiting till it grows into this big thing. It, this is the problem. It's too hard to figure be out what those yeah, examples are. Yeah, because this is the example mm -hmm. of... They, you you, you've made the observation that they haven't helped you, like they've they haven't helped you with housework for six months, and then it turns into or you never you never help with housework. Man, the number of women that I talk to that just like husbands have never helped with anything. You're yeah, like, oh. well, and exactly. So how do you even bring that up after ten years of marriage? Like, and and like trying trying to tie these back to the other examples of like, so I if I waited till we been to the gym 50 times together and then said every time we leave the gym you tell me I'm shit <laughs> um you know that's it's like that's such a big heavy thing to have to deal with mm. um yeah I, th I think that's where this kind of thing where it's like wait like I think if it gets to this point you've kind of gotten too far um you know to try and try and yeah address the smaller pieces but I think that's a really good flag to realize that there's a bigger mm. problem yeah, definitely. That might be another like indicator, right? Mm. And I think what has to happen is you have to, one, be, be, not be honest, that's not the word, but be accurate. Mm. And it's like, if something has happened that's made you want to say, you never fucking take out the trash. Or like, you never call me when you get home from work. Mm. It's like, be more accurate than that, even if it's been happening for five or ten years. If you want to bring it up, 
talk about one specific event mm. because one, it's a better example. Mm. Two, it means that there's some actionable feedback that you can take from it because it's like, hey, yesterday I would have really liked it if you called me when you got home from work. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, especially if you're trying to address 10 years of feedback or mm-hmm. 10 years of not doing it, you don't need to say for the last 10 years you've never done this. Yeah, yeah like you're not hey, proving anything. You're not hey, proving your point more. And like even if it's like not even bringing up that that's a problem, like being just like, hey... I would actually love if you would start doing this. Like, I know you don't usually call me when you get home from work, but I'd really love if you did. That is like, in, to a guy, that's so much simpler for our brains. <laughs> it's like, just tell me what you want me to do instead of tell me what I do wrong because that's, yeah, it gets you nowhere. Yeah, it's almost like it feels more effective if you're really upset about a really big thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, you're actually more effective when it's really little and you're not upset at all. Um, and you can actually communicate clearly. Like, yeah, hey, there's that one thing. Um, and I think this is going to take us into the next bit because I think if you start saying like, you don't do this, or you didn't do that, I didn't like it when that happened and I feel X, Y, Z when this thing that you do occurs, um, it's like, first of all, it's all negative. Like, that's all really negative stuff. You're just picking apart that person. Like, would you do that to a friend? Probably not. Mm. Um, And second of all, it's very much you-oriented. Whereas the only reason that their action is upsetting you is because of how you feel about it, okay? Mm. It's not their behavior. It's what that behavior means to you. So it's the same thing Whereas it's where I said, hey, take yourself out of the equation. Like, Mm. if they did that and it wasn't in your house it was with someone else and their partner you wouldn't give a fuck right right? but it's just about how you fit in there so one stop saying you do this Mm. start saying i would really like it if Mm. you could do that for me because that would make me feel like this which is the gottman institute right so this is the gottman institute if you're going to go and do some stuff on like improving your relationship go and look at uh julie and i can't remember what her husband's name john um, Gottman, they have amazing stuff. They have a great podcast called Small Things Often. Um, it's like four or five minutes, that podcast. It yeah. comes out every day. It's just got really cool micro doses of great relationship tips. But they always talk about if you're trying to get a point across, if you're trying to communicate, start with I feel. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it is about how you feel about that thing. I feel upset when you say that you're going to be here at a certain time mm-hmm. and you're not. It's like, that suddenly, one, is more authentic because it, mm. it, it is about me. It's how I feel. Two, it's so much easier to accept that when mm. someone's telling you how they feel about something because it's not accusing you. It's not blaming you. It's just mm. that's how they feel and they can't help how they feel to a degree. It's like it just comes up for me. It's, um, not, it's not telling you that you're an asshole for giving me feedback after the gym. It's saying, hey, yeah. <laughs> that made me feel this. because yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, yeah. And I think that's what we often say to each other. It's like, hey, this came up for me. And it was X, Y, and Z. Whenever I say something bad to you, it's like, this came up for me. I felt this. This popped up for me. I, this, I, that, Mm. I, whatever, is how I communicate what's going on and how I feel about the relationship to you. It's never, hey, you, this, our relationship, this, what happened here. It's, it's, I noticed this thing with me. Mm. Um, And then I think the next step, if you're going to like fucking go super Saiyan in your relationship, it's give more positive feedback. Mm. And I think that's the trap that people get and they try and fix their relationship by pointing out all the negative stuff, being like, okay, I feel unhappy because you did this and I wanted you to do that. And it's like you get in these conversations around what the other person needs to improve constantly. And I'm going to always use coaching examples from CrossFit because it's just the best, <laughs> it's the best parallel to draw. But, you know, if you have a coach that's constantly giving you critical feedback on what your squat looks like, you end up just being overloaded with stuff that you got to fix and it becomes a laundry list. And it's Mm. like, it almost gets to a point where it's, it can be too hard to fix. There's too many things. And it's like, you can get really down on yourself and you don't feel like you're doing anything well. Whereas the second that I say to anyone, like, man, you're really good at keeping your knees in line with your toes. Like keep doing that, man. Like, that's Mm. really great. I like how you do that. That person will forever be like, Mm. I'm just someone that keeps my knees over my toes. I'm real good at that. Like, man, I nailed that. A plus plus for me on my knees. Like they, you know, it's like, it feels so good when you, when people tell you what you do well at and it just doesn't happen in relationships or at least I've never done that until now. Yeah. Where it's like when you do something and it feels silly sometimes because I assume that you know or I assume that you already feel appreciated and I found a really, really cool um, post on Twitter or Instagram that was actually talking about a study 
around this where mm. people assume that they know that they are appreciated. Mm. And on top of that, people feel awkward telling people how much they appreciate them. Mm. So it's like, one, I don't feel comfortable telling you that you did something good and I liked it because mm. I'm like, oh, I feel kind of cringe when I do that. And two, I assume you already know. Like, you know that I love you, right? Like, come on. You know that. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm with you. But it's yeah. like, man, they don't know that. Mm. And the more that they hear that, the better they're going to feel. And the more that you tell them what you like, the more incentive there is for them to do it. I really like it when you leave me notes before I've gotten home mm. and I come home and I find them. I love that. Like mm. it's my favorite thing. I've saved up those notes. Yeah. And I have one on my fridge. This is a true story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like I love that. I don't think I've yeah. ever told you that, but I love that. No, I don't think you have either. Um, I think that as well with the like positive, like positive and negative feedback thing. I think a while ago I sent you a, a podcast with this guy who's like CEO thing and he was talking about how he manages teams and I think I remember sending it to you going, hey, like I, I know that this is kind of very corporate yes. but like have a listen to I it because he was it. talking about if you are going to give negative feedback to your staff and to your team um, to make sure you front and load it with some good stuff of like, so I think your example was like, almost using the positive to give the feedback of what you want them to continue. But his was actually in the example of that. Um, I think he used the example of like giving a presentation to people to like, you know, corporate presentation of some sort. And instead of like going, Oh, you're really nervous up there. You're like picking apart all this stuff being like, Hey, you know, it was really laid out really well. Um, you know, you, you seemed really confident in the way you delivered it, blah, blah, blah. But then, you then this was where you could have done better and I, I like I definitely try and do that as much as I can both work and both you know if you if I need to but I don't think there's really been that many but like definitely at work I, I'm really conscious of that of like okay like you've given me that feedback before have I? Yeah. yeah and it was because we'd had a really hard conversation after you'd been on a date with someone and I was a bit shut off mm. and I'd said hey like I'm okay. Let me just let you know mm. that like we're okay and I'm okay and I I still love you and like this is really, really good and I'm really happy. I'm also just processing this right now and so I feel a little bit like inhibited and a little mm. bit like shut down inside and I think I just kind of clarified that mm. after we'd kind of had a bit of a reconnect and, it, and like a little um, hard or challenging conversation mm. and I remember that because I think I'd read it in, it was a Gottman thing I think actually as well where it was like, or uh, probably multi-amory. I think that they were doing multi-amory where they talk about um, in communicating, they have a term, what is it called? Oh, I'm going to have to go and find this out. They've, they've got a really cool thing where it's like, hey, tell or communicate what you're communicating to a degree where it's like, I had to tell you and clarify on a bigger sense, in a bigger sense, the status of us mm. almost and what I was doing at the time rather than keeping it internal. So it was like, Hey, I'm processing this right now. Um, I'm really happy with you though. Like nothing's changed. Mm. I might just feel a little bit cold, mm. but like, I still love you and we're okay. And it was just that little bit of like, I know what I'm doing and this is where I'm at and this is what I need. And like, I'm just kind of probably a little bit, whatever. Um, but it's not about you and it's just like where, what I got, need to go mm. through right now. And I think that little clarity, and I think you told me that you were like, oh yeah, I really I like, mm. liked how you did that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just, um, instead of, you know, it comes back to that thing of like, if someone's just hitting you with all the negatives, it's super easy to go into like defense mode or, you know, that thing. I think it softens it. Um, it, it's maybe a combination of softening it, but also what you're saying where it's like, Okay, t like don't just tell people what they're doing terrible and what they're shit at. Tell them what they do well. So it's like, okay, well, I did that stuff good. I should do that more. Mm. And here's the things that I can do better um, rather than just being every time, this is what you're doing wrong. So Yeah, and people are so receptive to that. You know, it's like people want more of the good stuff. And if they yeah. don't ever think they're going to get good feedback, what would, in, what would motivate them to improve on the bad stuff yeah. if they just continue to get like creep, beat down about the bad shit that they do mm. even if they improve if you're not skilled mm. at recognizing the good in the same to the same degree that you are at recognizing the bad you probably won't get the same progress 
from someone that you're in a relationship with mm. as you would if you could be balanced. Yeah. Um, and I think that also goes back to what I said before where it's very much about being accurate. Um, don't make big claims. Don't only give negative feedback. You have to be accurate. And when there's something that they do good, be specific about it and be detailed in that feedback in the same way that you would be if there was something negative. Like, hey, when you did that at this time of day after this event, I felt X, Y, Z. Do it for the bad stuff. And can you do that for the good stuff? Mm. Hey, like when you, um, whatever it is, I want to think of another example. When you set up the front room for us to like have a duvet and blanket and like snacks and mm. we watch Netflix, like especially after I've had a really shitty day at work and I've just been like, oh, I feel like crap. Mm. Like I really, really like that and that makes me feel really loved and mm. like cared for. It's like I, I feel even like a little uncomfortable giving that information. Like I feel like it's cheesy, right? Like, and I feel, I feel like surprised cheesy. that you've even noticed that. So. Yeah, <laughs> see, it's like people are constantly surprised when you like appreciate little things yeah. and then when it's specific, it's like... Like, I feel like tomorrow I'm going to come over and you'll be like, surprise, <laughs> we're in the living room, we're in the lounge room, watching a movie with blankets and snacks, yay. <laughs> All right. Um, how far in are we? Just over an hour. Just over an hour. I feel like maybe we could have a part two. Yeah. Do you want to have a part two? Sure. So we got through to saying positive stuff as well as negative. Um, we said, we talked about the hysterical being historical. We talked about the language with regards to like, hey, rather than saying you always or you never say, I feel this when you do that, be mm -hmm. specific. And then we also talked about not being silent when you think it's not a big deal because it's only going to be a big deal if you stay silent. Yep. Did I just say that whole hour long podcast in about three seconds? Yeah. Should we just cut that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is part one of communication. Um, we're going to be back for more. Yeah. And hopefully we can get some questions from people on maybe what yeah, else they want to know. That would be a really good idea. I actually really like that. It's not non-monogamy specific now. Yeah. I think you brought us down a really nice road. Greg Wolf. Well done. Thanks. Hey, Gordon. All right. Let's dock Wrap. this boat. Thanks guys. I'll park this car. <laughs> Land the plane. What are the, what are some other, I got to find some other like exits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye.